You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Second down and two, the handoff to Penny. At the 15, at the 10, at the 5, he's in! Touchdown, Seahawks! Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. First and 10 at the Seattle 40, play fake Stafford. Going to stop, going to look, gets hit, goes down! Back in midfield, getting to him in the backfield is Daryl Taylor. Presented by Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. Now, here's your host, Jen Mueller. Back from Germany and ready for a bye week. I think I can safely say that for both me and the co-host, John Boyle of Seahawks.com. How's that jet lag treating you this week? You know, not too bad. I was pretty exhausted last night, but got, got a pretty good normal night's sleep last night. So, you know, maybe if you ask me again at like 7 p.m., I'll have a different answer for you. But going strong, got a couple cups of coffee in me. Doing good so far. I don't want to brag, but I think I figured out the secret on beating jet lag. What's that? Well, when you get to the country you're going to, stay up way too late past your bedtime. So uh-huh. the next so you're day, exhausted. you're so exhausted that you actually sleep for an uninterrupted amount of time. And then do that again before you go to bed when getting back home. Yeah. And, you know, if you're in Germany, maybe mix in some liters of beer. That, that'll help that- you go to sleep, too does not hurt when you're trying to fall asleep. It was really a terrific trip in Munich. You have heard Pete say it. You have heard the players say it. John and I talked about it last week. It was so great. It was such a great host site. The outcome of the game, not nearly as great. And John, it is time for me to say I was wrong. I was wrong about everything that I said at the pub on Saturday when we taped our Insiders podcast live. I was wrong. Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, the Seahawks were wrong, too, in terms of how they thought the, the Bucks would attack them. And that, you know, with the running game in particular, that really hurt the Seahawks. Of They, you know, Tampa Bay's been a pretty awful running team, and they were expecting them to not really go that hard at the running game. We even saw a, a decision on the roster that way. Pete Carroll talked about that this morning of Monet, who's a really good run stuffer, wasn't active because they just didn't think that was going to be a big part of the game plan. And they wanted a quicker, you know, more pass rushing interior guy in Miles Adams available. And then... They came out and, you know, they didn't gouge them for huge gains. Their average wasn't very good, but they were just committed to it. Well, and I'm just, I am wondering why the Seahawks defense was not as connected. And that's the word that all the players used mm-hmm. after the game in that first half. We just weren't as connected as we needed to be. We weren't just doing our job, right? We were trying to do more than that. And I just find that so curious. John, what do you make of it? Because it's not... Because they were distracted being in Germany. They had great practices in yeah. Munich. I mean, look, I, again, some of it was they got something they weren't expecting, and that can take you a little bit to adjust to, and they were better as the game went on defensively, but early on it, it didn't go well. And look, that's a, I know the record wasn't great, but Tampa Bay's like, there's a lot of good players. They have you know, the greatest quarterback of all time out there, really good defense, and sometimes the other team just has a better day than you. I mean, Pete Carroll talked about it. Like, give them some credit. They came out, did what they wanted to do better than we did what we wanted to do, and it's unfortunate, but that's why there's no undefeated teams in the NFL this year, and there's almost never no undefeated teams in the NFL because it's really hard to win every week. In this it season. really is. The one thing that I got right in last week's podcast was the fact that Leonard Fournette is a dangerous, dangerous back. He came in leading the Bucks. Granted, they didn't have a whole lot of rushing yards. He ended up leaving the game with an injury, but that run game, well, we can talk about what stood out, but so can Pete Carroll. The point I'm making is that they were 
they were committed and they stuck to it. You know, they weren't having to get seven, eight yard plays to keep them pumped up about it. They they knew they were able to make yards and be positive and 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 take advantage of it. They run back to back plays and with with commitment. You know, and and uh, they ran a variety of of scheme plays and uh, and they attacked us in a, you know in a particular way that we just didn't we didn't fit consistently enough to control the running game. And so they they did a great job of controlling the football game. Pete mentioned the the variety of scheme things. We heard a little bit of that from Quandary Diggs after the game too. Of look, sometimes teams do that. They change it up on you, and then it's how quickly do you adjust? How well do you adjust? And unfortunately, it wasn't quite quick enough. We saw the Seahawks play a lot better in the second half, but it's hard when you get down fourteen nothing to battle back against a good team. Well, and it's hard when I, I, it was just it needed a hard reset. Right, like it's hard to reset in the middle of that first half. What I did like is the way that that second half went. That both sides of the ball managed to clean things up, and that's the Seahawks football that you're used to seeing. It's why I'm actually not that concerned. I'm more disappointed that I'm concerned. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the the phrase Pete Carroll used after the game is is a missed opportunity. Of look, we would have felt so darn good going into the bye if the Seahawks had just won a fifth game in a row. They're seven and three. But look, six and four, you're still in first place for now. We'll see what the 49ers do next weekend. That might be a tie for first place by the time the Seahawks play again in two weeks. But this season, you know, it's it's exceeded everybody's, at least external, outside of the building's expectations. They've been a lot better team the last month plus than they were to start the year. There's, there's a lot more to like than there is to be concerned about based off one just kind of blah day at the office. Well, and this is the point of year when you would expect people to start hitting the wall. But as we got off the plane, when we got back from a nine and a half hour flight, Pete Carroll actually addressed the team and said, I wish we were playing this weekend so that we could get back after it. But the bye is coming at a pretty good time. It's coming at the time it comes, so we're going to frame it as it's the right time. We're going to, you know, try to maximize um, this this turnaround because when you take a step back, you can perspectives can grow, you know, and then we can see things a little more clearly, and and the players will understand stuff. And for the young players, I, mean, I think uh, Kobe Bryant, you know, we may be able to see him make a jump here in, in these this little break that we have, just because once you get away from it. You can see the you know a little more clearly, um, so that's one part of it. Uh, we're we go into this by fairly healthy, and so that means we can come out of it even better. And so that's that's a big, uh, it could be a big boost to us as we we, as other teams continue to struggle to you know to stay healthy and all that. So hopefully we can make that come to life, and it just helps it, it helps us in all ways. Yeah, and I mean a big part of that is you know we always hear about the self scouting aspect of it of okay what. What have we done well? What are teams able to do against us? And, you know, maybe they look at some of the issues that came up in the running game with Tampa Bay. I thought it was interesting. Pete Carroll's talking about he's already watching Minnesota and other teams. They don't play Minnesota. This isn't we're scouting the Vikings because, I mean, you could see them in the playoffs. But it's also, okay, here's a team that does some things defensively, schematically similar to us. They've made these improvements. So you're you're comparing what they're doing. You know, Ed Donatel's over there. He's a guy that almost was on the staff here before he got offered the coordinator job there. And there's a lot of overlap with that Vic Fangio stuff. So it's just, it's interesting all the different things you can take time to look at during a bye week. I also thought it was interesting that he mentioned Kobe Bryant by name. He was not asked about Uh Kobe. And I don't think that Kobe is playing poorly. In fact, I thought he had really tight coverage on Sunday and you're facing the greatest quarterback of all time that needs about, I don't know, two inches of a window, right? To fit that in. Yeah, I mean, Kobe's a guy that I think Pete's point there was given a little more time to look at how they're doing things and some of the coverage things. 
he, I think they see so much upside in him. It, it can maybe go for him. He's playing solid. He's, he's been a good nickel right now to like, he could be an elite playmaking, you know, game changing type player as they go down the stretch run. You mentioned some of the service. I mean, there's a lot of reasons the the Buccaneers were 10 for 15 on third down. And that was a huge factor in the game, but give them credit. I mean, some of those were really well yes. covered and you just happen to have the greatest quarterback to ever do it. Putting balls in perfect spots. There was a one it was third and short. You mentioned Kobe. I mean, if that ball's, six inches further inside, if it's any lower, if, I mean, anywhere but what it is, it's incomplete. There are a couple of those throws. Well, and you're also throwing to some bonafide pass catchers, yeah. right? You yeah. know, Evans Godwin and, Godwin and, Godwin really Godwin and Julio had a catch in there too. Like, the, yes, yeah. there you were some things. It wasn't a bunch of scrubs beating you. But I also wonder, and Pete talked a little bit about this too, it is a physical break for these guys, but it's also a mental break. And so when you're talking about Kobe and looking at coverages and making a jump, Imagine when these guys finally get to take a breath and slow down this week yeah, and just for sure. kind of put it into perspective, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like this is a pretty big deal for them. Yeah. I mean, these young guys have been just going nonstop since they got to training camp. I mean, everybody has, but for the young guys, this new, this schedule of you start at the end of July in training camp and you just go every week preseason. I mean, it, it's the kind of the almost cliche at this point point that ever makes is by now when you throw in the preseason games they've basically played a full college season and you think of that as a physical challenge but there's also just the mental toll that takes so getting away getting a little break whether it's going home going back to your college town to catch a college game just something to just sort of separate from it a little bit it, it, i think it's really gonna help these guys We've talked so much about the rookies, their contributions. We have talked about different things on the offense and the defense. You know what we have not talked about a whole lot? We tried to give them some love on Saturday, but not nearly enough. Special teams and the kicking game. It is worth noting that Michael Dixon and Jason Myers are among the best in the league, and Pete doesn't want it to go over-noticed either. Mike really put the ball just in great spots. Jason has been on, you know, on it. He, he he's banked a couple in, but they still. But he's, you know, he's having a great year, and uh, we really are relying on him. You saw <clears throat> there was a decision early in the game. You know, we had a choice. It was fourth and five or something like that. You know, we could have could have tried to go for it there, but uh, we wanted to utilize Mike and back him up and let's see how this game is playing out instead of making a big declaration early. I, I do think that those kinds of decisions are based on, you know, the quality of the guys and how, you, how much you can count on your guys. And so, uh, uh, but they're doing a great job. Did you say over-noticed? Yeah, I think that might have been jet lag. <laughs> well, I think you. the word I was looking for was unnoticed. Yeah, I think o- the they wrong. do want them to be over-noticed. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know <laughs> Let's John. over-notice You know what guys. you should not do is get me giggling because when I am tired, I just can't stop. Yeah, so. we'll, we'll blame the jet lag for that. Right. One. But <laughs> any, anyway, getting, getting to those two, yeah, I mean, Jason Myers missed one field goal all year. And again, I think I mentioned this the other day, but high snap timing was a little off, but otherwise he has been so nails. He's five for five from 50 plus now. And then Mike Dixon, I mean, he's been such a great punter his whole time here, but that game he had, especially the first half when, you know, it's unfortunate when he has to punt five times and a half, but he did. And he put four of them inside the 20. He had a 68 yarder go out of bounds at the four and a 61 yarder get down to the two. So they're really 
killing it on special teams right now. Well, and I do want to point out the field conditions, not exactly ideal. Anybody who needed to plant, especially one of those kickers, you kind of wondered if the field was going to impact them. I talked to Jason Myers before the game. He did not give any indication that he needed to do something differently. But when I congratulated him on the kick after the game, you could tell that it was kind of a big deal. Well, I thought especially being that long, like when you really, you know, if it's a little chip shot, but when it's a 55 yarder, you're putting a lot into that. And it was it was pretty chilly. The air was pretty heavy, kind of foggy night. Like to get the ball 55 yards in those conditions is a very impressive kick. Yes, it was. And those field conditions are definitely something the NFL is going to take a look at because they do plan to go back to Germany and they plan to expand their presence in Europe. It is great that there are stadiums that can host NFL games, but that's just not the kind of surface that uh, a big guy in particular. Yeah. And it is interesting because it's not like these are just crappy fields. No. In like th- we're talking about the biggest soccer clubs in yes. the world play on these fields and the grounds crews are incredibly particular about it. I remember watching practice on Friday thinking, God, their groundskeeper must just be dying watching his grass get torn up like this. But it's a different sport and a different size human being putting just different strains on that field. And if you have a bunch of 180-pound guys running all day, but they're not constantly cut. They do cut. They tear it up. And you see if you watch a European soccer game, a guy might slide and a big chunk of grass comes up. But in general, that's a good surface for soccer. When you have a bunch of 250 to 300-plus-pound dudes leaning on each other, digging in, it just doesn't work, and it's you know it's unfortunate because uh, you know not an excuse. Both teams again had to deal with it, but you just saw on both sides of the ball just guys falling all over, and it's just not a very clean product. No, and uh, it, not an excuse. Both sides had to play with it, but you kind of heard how it impacted both teams throughout the game. Seattle just finished up their longest trip of the year. Not a whole lot of travel left in the regular season. Yeah, isn't that nice? It is kind of nice, but we should pause for a word from our presenting sponsor. The best stories aren't the ones you're told. They're the ones you live. Meeting people in person. Facing challenges face-to-face. Getting out of your hometown and your comfort zone. Delta knows how important it is to see a different point of view from a different point of view. So for those who want their own story to tell, Delta Airlines has a world full of places to start. Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. John, I love to travel. I love the fact that there's going to be a lot of home weekends between now and the end of the year. But I'm a little bit, like, I'm a little torn on this one. Like, I love to travel and be out and about. Absolutely. That's, like, the dilemma I face every year of, like, I love to travel. I love seeing these different cities, especially when we get to go to Europe. But it's also nice to be home, have a Saturday with my kids. You know, I do enjoy the home part of it a lot, too. So I am, and look, competitively, it's great to be playing in front of the fans at Lumen Field for the next, you know, what is it? Like, they have two road games left all. Yes, five of their next seven are played at home. Love it. You just have L.A. and Kansas City remaining in the regular season. And with any luck, if Seattle can maintain their lead in the division, you get a break. Or a home playoff game. A home playoff game? I know. That's what I'm saying. Are you going to, are you going to staycation anything around here for your bye week? You know, I... Check out something new? I'm going to try to have a little fun, spend a lot of time with the kids, I don't think I'll be getting anywhere. You know, I think a lot of people with families can relate to this when you get a little break in your life. I came home and I have a list of oh. things I need to get done over the bye oh. weeks. So it's not all vacation for me, but I'll, I'll enjoy a little downtime and okay. a lot of, a lot of good kid time. I have some family coming in town for the weekend. So a little time with cousins for the kids and stuff. So it'll be good. I'm going to have to plan Thanksgiving, which I forgot was next week. Yes. 
That is the one negative thing. When you have traveled so much the first half of the season, I looked up and I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Thanksgiving is when? And December happens it what sneaks time? Up on like, you. what is happening here? Yep. It does sneak up on you, and the Seahawks have snuck up on a few teams, I think, up to this point in the season. Before we wrap up, we do, sh- we do, we should. I was jump. about to congratulate you on a great segue of sneaking <laughs> up, and then you just stumbled right out of it. So, gosh darn it. I shouldn't have bragged about how well I have handled the jet lag. No, you Let's really... try this one more time. Christmas sneaks up on you. The Seahawks have been sneaking up on people. And the outlook for this team heading into the bye, well, it's pretty positive altogether. I, I did make the comment, I think, in the locker room and even as we're getting off the plane, that, okay, we've positioned ourselves here, and we, and we all know that we've, we're here, but we're not nearly as good as we could be. And, uh, you know, let's recommit as we come back uh, to really go for it because uh, we, we have enough firepower, we have enough health, um, we're growing as a, as a team coming together uh, that can really take advantage of a first-half positioning, you know, and, and we'll see where we wind up with the Niners, you know, after this week. But uh, everything's ahead of us, and we, we are in control of everything. And so that's all we could ever ask for. And that's, you know, that last part he says, you know, everything's ahead of us and we're in control of everything. It's one thing to feel like, okay, we stumbled a little bit, we have room to improve, and you're chasing a team that's three games out ahead of you. And then it's like, look, it's not in your control. You can have a great finish the season, but you're going to need some help. In this case, they didn't play their best football for a whole the first 10 games. They had some really good games in there, but they know they can get better. But even with that, you still are in the driver's seat in the division. And if you handle your business, you can go out and win that division. So that's a, that's a great place to be, again, especially for a team that, not that they didn't believe, but a lot of people didn't think they could do this. So there's, there's a lot to like about this team in the last seven games of the year. Yeah, I would have loved to be hitting the bye on a five-game winning streak, but overall, I feel pretty good about this team. I am very excited when they get this thing going after the bye, but until then, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and I'm probably going to find a couple bottles of wine between now and then. Thanks for listening this week. We'll be back next time with another edition of the Seahawks Insiders Podcast.